The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Namaste. Welcome to the Conscious Combo Podcast. I am your host and teacher, Pippa Leslie. I'm here to share everything I learn, see, and channel This podcast is for the conscious and curious beings who are ready to dive deeper into spirituality. I am so grateful you are here. Hi guys, welcome back to the show. So today I am joined by the beautiful Anara. I'm going to let you tell tell the listeners what that means Anara because it was beautiful and I'm excited to talk to Anara today because she is in the counseling field and there's something that she does for clients that I'm really really interested in and I'm going to ask her that in a second once she said hi to everybody hi Anara hi Papa how are you I'm really good thank you I want you to tell everyone what your name means please Oh, well, my name is, it's not actually my given name. It's a name that I was was given um, through my spiritual journey. And it means sunlight filtered through trees. I love that. It's funny you've just mentioned that, actually, because I'm calling that at the moment. I've asked uh, Spirit to give me my spirit name because my full name is Philippa. And I want to have a name like Anara that means, you know, is like a spirit name for me. So it's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So what is your real name? Well, that is my real name. Okay. That's, <laughs> no, that's, that's how I view myself now. But, you know, it's, it's actually quite a journey in changing your name. You have to, um, it changes a lot yeah. within, within your energy. And uh, it, was, it was a really big process to do for me. I yeah. felt a lot of changes, physical changes in my body, a lot of tingling. I tingled for three months wow. right throughout all of my body once yeah. I um, spoke the name out loud mm-hmm. but I sat with it inside of me for quite a long time before I I stepped into it really it's beautiful I really resonate with it it's beautiful mm. yeah I recommend it <laughs> yeah I'm gonna I'm calling it in I've asked the universe to to even if it's just like a name that I kind of have as a spirit name I, I really love my name Philippa uh, Pippa as a or Pip there's the three different ones but yeah I just love to have that spiritual name you know just to mm-hmm. I, I really want I've, I've called mm-hmm. that in so I'm yet to find that or it's yet to find me so 
I'm excited to talk to you today, Anara, because there's something that I read on your profile on on you on your website, and that is Pasha therapy. So when I first see Pasha, it takes me back to when I was like early 20s and I used to go to Ibiza in Spain and go to Partyland and there was a club called Pasha. <laughs> so when I see it, it's like, oh, it sounds it sounds fun to me. Like, so, you know, what what does that entail, Pasha therapy? Because I've never heard of that and I'm really intrigued to learn about it. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, Pasha therapy has... Um really changed my life I'd have to say and um, so it's run uh, in Christchurch and it's the teachings of Yasmin Clark she's the principal teacher and um, and she channels Raman Pasha wow and so he, he speaks through her and Yasmin set the training up uh, oh, I think the first year was 2004 yeah and she set it up as a course to help people uh really learn the language of their feelings and to learn how to listen to our feelings um, because we we are quite feeling repressed yeah and uh it started off I think she was just going to do it as a one-year course but it it grew so now it's a three-year course and um, you know there's a website there's the Pasha website that people can look at if they want to find more information about the training Uh, so I did the course for myself um, just because really I felt quite stuck in my life and I'd always had a sense of myself as a spiritual being but I uh, I felt really lost in this kind of crazy world and I felt like I didn't fit <clears throat> and I was having you know some very major personal crises um, at the time and uh, but I've always been a seeker and I wanted to know I've always wanted to know the the more of life the the yeah. deeper questions like you know who am I what does it mean to be a spiritual being yeah yeah why why am I here when this this life around me seems so contrary to what I know and feel inside and uh so that going and doing that training um well I I actually started off by seeing Raman so you can have personal sessions with Raman and um that sort of flew a little bit in the face of my background because my um, father was Presbyterian minister and so it's it it was it wasn't particularly confronting for me but I really remember hearing the nervousness that I had when I listened to the recordings of of that here I actually am talking to spirit rather than kind of the idea of spirit from a, a sort of a church perspective and I had, um, yeah, so I had these personal sessions with Raman, and then when Yasmin said the training, I was like, oh, I definitely have to do this. Because what Raman is, is one of the um, the beings, the enlightened masters that are, is here guiding humanity. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he brings a very um, beautiful and strong message 
with his energy and um, the thing that I mostly felt was a whole lot of love mm. in a very tangible way that I'd never really felt before when I, I, I sat listening to him and then working on my own personal growth and then well how do I find that within myself that was really the the journey that I undertook so the I did the three-year Pasha training um, initially as I said for my personal growth and then became more had more desire to uh, bring this therapeutic approach out into you know into, into work um, and then I did the Pasha therapy training so I, I trained as a um, a Pasha therapist, which was another two-year training on top of that, um, and that meant that I could sit in the classes and, you know, work as a teacher, initially as a student teacher alongside, and then working as a teacher. And you know, I'm so deeply grateful for that training. It really has changed my life, and as a result, I've got so much more of me. Um, I thought I had me. Yeah. That's <laughs> a strange thing. I thought I had me, but really by doing that training, it was, um, it helped me um, release, uh, release the tension that I was holding in my body, release and, well, actually get in touch with a lot of feelings that were held in my body and then really open to listening to the message and the guidance and those feelings and then and then being able to you know take some steps to reclaim actually this is who i am this is me this is my nature and um, and there's such a strength you know when we when we start really tuning and listening to ourselves and you know we all have our own guidance and that's really what Raman trains us um, or is encouraging us to do mm. is to turn and listen, go inward, seek, seek the knowledge that we have inside of us. But you can't do that without really connecting into your feelings because it's your feelings that are, are, are the guide. They're, they're kind of your first language. You know, we're, we're feeling beings um, way before we're thinking beings if you think of children yeah they come in um, sensing and, and tuning in to their, their mother's energy in particular and to the environments around them and they've actually shown that through through experiments as well so our body is all geared up to sense energy but sadly we have been um, almost trained out of that we've We've learnt that uh, the economic model encourages us to focus on the mind. The education system encourages us to focus on the mind. And it's, we're not doing so well through that process. We're missing a big part of who we are. So this training for me was really about reclaiming, remembering, and then stepping into that energy and then bringing that to the clients I work with. It's it was beautiful. a long answer. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. I I love listening. And I think I was going to ask you a question. You kind of already answered it was, you know, there's quite a lot of people who would feel that stuck energy in their life. You know, they have those like crises where they're going through divorce or 
losing mm-hmm. a loved one or you know stress of finances you know whatever it is that a challenge arises and I think you you answered part of that when you said you know going you know exploring who you are you know find out more who you are and you know if you want to elaborate on that question you know if someone was listening right now and they are in that stuck energy and they feel like their life doesn't have meaning would you add anything to that would you give someone advice for that like what would you what would you tell someone to do if they were in that energy right now yeah well I mean that's that's what I've faced and what was important was it that was actually a a signal to tell me that I had to start looking at myself in a different way I had to start creating a more conscious relationship with what I was feeling Mm. and and what I was thinking as well. So we often go, we're stuck and we don't like what's happening to us and we just want to, you know, get rid of it. But actually really looking at, well, what's what's happening inside of us so that we are stuck? Because really we're stuck in our energy. Yeah. Something is held inside. And then, you know, there's, there's another part to it is that you might be on a track and, uh, you know, from the outside, and I, I guess this is what happened for me, was I had learned to pretend that I was okay. And so people would have looked at me and thought, well, you know, I was quite sort of vibrant and I was living you know what seemed a pretty good life but on the inside I felt absolutely miserable yeah and the the thing that was missing was me Mm. because I was pretending to be what I thought others wanted me to be and I felt ashamed that I didn't have uh, that that the external expression d- didn't really match the internal mm. internal feelings, and then I just kept kept pretending, and I just got more and more and more miserable. Mm. And then I realised that the misery was saying that was the key to actually I need to start going inward. Mm. I needed to start really listening to well, what are my feelings, and I le- I had to learn how to be with them not run away from them. Yeah. So that's a really important bit because obviously the, there's uh, so much going on. And if we're holding on to a lot of feelings, which you know most people are in their life because we haven't been taught how to be with what we feel, if we're holding on to feelings, then they are all in the cells of our body. They're waiting for us to connect in with them so that they can give us their message Mm. they're not just there to be annoying they're actually a guide Mm. and they they directly relate to what are your needs Mm. but and you know the the a lot of the work I do when I'm working with people is I help people go back to connecting into the feelings that they have when they're a child so often the feelings that we have now as an adult, you know, we can have a memory and a sense of, well, how long have you been feeling that mm-hmm. energy for? And and then if you can get an age, then often there'll be memories that come mm-hmm. and then a sense of, you know, well, why did you have that feeling initially? And then 
what is the need that you had as a child? And then if we can learn to know these parts of us, we can start taking care of them. We can learn how to parent our younger selves and really honour our journey. And, and that's why I've, you know, I've called my website Compassionate Counselling because the biggest act of love you can do for the world is to be loving of yourself. Mm. And if you're loving of yourself, you are going to bring in more of a calm energy into the world. You're not going to be reactive or so reactive to other people's experiences. Uh, we are, we communicate, um, you know, with our energy. Mm. So people will feel your presence that you have a, a calm way or um, you are able to witness and hold somebody else's, you know, feeling experience without trying to shut it down and run away from it. Mm. And uh, sadly, that's what most of us have when we were little. I mean, our society is uh, <laughs> is very good at at let's repress feelings and we've learned it for generations and generations and I think you know what's recently happened around the whole mandates and um, the division that's has been created in society there's so much wounding that's going that's happened and is continuing to happen and there's a real opportunity now for all of us to step more into the the um into our hearts into that sort of light consciousness of who we are and but to do that we have to know about the shadow side within us mm. and create a really loving relationship with that part and i love whole, that whole, you said. i could i could just like listen to you soothes me as well it's like you've got your you've already got that loving presence and it reminds me of what my spiritual teacher said Wayne Dyer he said you can't give away what you don't have and he said you know if someone was to squeeze an orange what would come out of the orange and you know obviously it would be orange juice so if someone was to squeeze you today what would come out of you and that analogy is around you know you can't give away what you don't have so if you don't have love to give away you know so if you're filling yourself with love you know, that's why we change how people say things. You know, I've seen a lot of this toxic stuff online about, you know, you can't expect someone to love you if you don't love yourself. Like, I don't agree with that. It's around actually having a love for yourself so you can give that love away. Because when you give that mm. love away, that's all that matters. Mm. Because, you know, certain people are coming to your life to teach you certain things and to help you grow and to challenge you and to f find more of who you are. But it is, it, it is literally, I always imagine that, you know, if someone was to squeeze Pip today, what would, what would come out? And, you know, sometimes frustration may come out, a bit of frustration, a bit of sadness, you know, depending on what's going on in your life. But if you bring it back to love and you, into your heart space, you know, all those emotions are just part of this human experience and allowing, like you mentioned, allow them to come in, feel them, explore them why are you feeling this way and not just be like I need to I need to push this sadness away and it's it's about actually being in the sadness because we came to earth to experience all these different emotions and they all feel very different at times don't they yeah yeah absolutely and I mean that's what makes us human too 
And if we didn't have this, you know, beautiful array of emotions available to us, then we're going to miss out on a whole lot of a beautiful human experience. But it's what builds empathy for others. So there's that side of thing that, you know, if you don't, if you're not comfortable with your own, your own emotional, you know, feeling challenges and able to work with them, then you're not going to be able to be present with somebody else. And, you know, so the, another part of my work, I suppose, is working with um, parents and teachers around how do we teach this language to, to children and how do we, um, how do we model it within ourselves? And if you, if you don't know it for yourself, then, you know, when a child's in front of you and, and they are, they've got this big feeling, the tendency is going to be to either say, oh, you're all right, you know, let's, let's kind of get it, just shift, get over this, or, um, or just to either maybe tell the child off, you know, stop crying. And I think many of us have experienced that when we're younger. And we literally, we shut ourselves down. We shut that part of us down, feeling that we are not okay if we have that expression. And then that's how we start building these blocks and our barriers to, to feelings. So there's, there's a lot of work to do to reclaim this um, the power. Yeah, because that's really what it is. There's it a is power a, within us. My partner and I, we do a lot of conscious parenting with my partner's children. I'm yet to have my own, you know, birth my own. And it's interesting because I, I feel like we're, we are the building blocks for the future generations because you think about the generations before us were again shut down, you know, all the, not as conscious as we are now. So all of this conscious coming into our lives right now is setting the future for our generation. It's like a, a cut point. It's like, you know, we're mm -hmm. building this now for the future generation. So our children can say, well, my parents did X, Y, Z. They sat with me. You know, we do it with our children a lot with we if they're upset angry we sit with them and say why are you feeling this way what's going on you know you know sit with them and say it's okay to feel that way you know how do you want to you know instead of breaking something for anger you know sit with the anger I'll hold your hands what do you need so we're very conscious around you know not just shut up and get over it it's around why are you feeling that way what what do you need in this now moment and when you actually ask a seven-year-old what do they need they're kind of a bit taken aback by like what because it's Again, it's it's especially when you get to my eleven year old, you ask him what he needs. It's it's a it's a hard question because sometimes when they get older, they don't really know what they need. And when you don't find out who you are and what what it is you you want in this life, the need part can be quite challenging to answer. You know, I got asked that question by a, a previous mentor when I was separated from my partner uh, for the eighteen months, and we were doing some relationship stuff, helping us, you know, go through the trauma and 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 the triggers in our relationships, which was profound. And she said, what do you need in your relationship? And I just was like, uh, I really don't know. Cause I hadn't been asked that question, but when I sat with it and went in, you know, really the, the level of conscious I'm at now, I don't really need anything because I, I don't, I'm not in, I'm not in need of anything. But when I think of the 3d human self, you know, I need, you know, 
uh, we we talk every every evening about our day you know things that may have bothered mm-hmm. us we uh, you know I need that debrief like a bit of a uh, you know what happened in our day did anything bother you you know I just I need a hug I need a cuddle I need a kiss you know so it's you and they're the things that I, I want you know and the want and the need could be quite hard especially for for children because children kind of see that as the same thing wants and needs yeah you know asking a child that you know that that is a difficult question because often one they're not really going to be empowered to be able to to answer it in the first place and it's often going to be dependent on the energy that's around them Mm -hmm. so you know at at the root of the need really is the need to feel connection and safe too they want to feel safe and yeah. mm. well so if 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 they feel that connection like here's here's mum or dad or the teacher or whoever who's holding that space then that helps the 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 child that helps the feeling relax and open the feelings will flow and they'll move and they'll change if we allow them to mm. And that's often why breath work, and you can exactly. see that there's you know, a number of people doing breath work these these days to help connect physically into the body, and then to help to connect into that emotional body, because that's the energy of love that comes in on the breath. Mm. A child will need that to feel that connection with the, the parent. Mm. That the parent is absolutely able to hold a space that says I'm here even when you are you know full of all of this motion I'm here I'm available and they can feel that connection Mm. but you know it's something that Raman told me I did ask him around I was working with a little girl and she um she was having some you know quite big feelings she was in a uh, quite a challenging situation at home. Um, she had very loving parents, but just cha- challenging situations due to other things out of her control. And I could see that she was really sad one day. And I, I said to her, "Oh, you know, you're sad because acknowledging feelings is is obviously really important." And she immediately went into, "No, no, I'm not. I'm not sad." And she was, I think six maybe at the time yeah and I was like well that's really strange I I didn't say this to her but I was thinking this because I can see you're really sad but she just went straight into denial of it and then I I so talked with Raman about it and I said what was that about and he said because she's already learned that to say what you're feeling to acknowledge that you are feeling anything other than okay or happy is that you're going to feel criticized. Yeah. That belief. So that belief's already there at the age of six. So there has to be a point when children and adults are expressing what they feel that they're actually ready to express it. Yeah. And I, like we can sense that somebody might be sad or angry. And if you go up and say, Oh, you're actually really angry, you might 
<laughs> you might get that anger back at you in a way. But no, I'm not. You know, an immediate de- denial because they're not ready. Yeah. So that's where I'm saying that connection creates a space to allow whatever that person's experience is so they can eventually then get to a point go actually I'm really sad and when we're really truly connected in and feeling the feeling ourselves then the need comes quite clearly actually I'm really really sad and I need a hug yeah yeah I need presence Mm. yeah or I need this to be expressed because then it's the feeling that's speaking it's not the mind and the thoughts about it it's actually the energy and the feeling at the present moment as well isn't it you start connects that presence and it's okay to want that hug and that because I even I do it now like I had a really sad day a few weeks ago I I not really felt my nan a lot and I just want Mm. I just I'm meditating at night and I said can you please just make yourself present more so I know you're I know you are around but just want to feel you a bit more and I sit here every morning to do a meditation and my little you know morning ritual and honestly I was I have music on in my ears while I'm journaling and I just could smell her I could feel her I could just sense her and I just cried all day like it was like I was so emotional I'd just look at I'd look at a bird and I'd cry because my nan used to love birds and then I'd see like flowers and I'd just cry and then I remember meeting my friend for a walk and we went we walked over to the park and I just all these memories were coming up that I've not thought of for a long long time or ones that I've not even remembered consciously and just being with a friend and she hugged me and we had and she held me and we sat on the bench and it was just and I said you know I don't have to explain why I'm sad I just feel sad today and that's okay that I feel sad and the next day I was just so grateful to have been able to release something yeah and, and yeah. that was I think we we over explain why we feel some way and that's something I've been working on is that I was a people pleaser so I would again if I said no to something or if I'd not agreed with something I had to over explain why I was mm. feeling that way so I think that that's a big thing for children too as you get older is that we over explain why we feel that way we're actually just saying a statement of I feel sad today and that's mm. okay yeah it's permission to feel I mean that's one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself and and then to give others Mm. because then there's no there's no judgment that this is wrong or you shouldn't be feeling this way and it's that space that then creates the feeling to start moving and changing and show what's needed yeah and show the support that's required Mm. you know so we do have it all absolutely within us and we have this right from you know well if you think of babies in the womb they're of course they're feeling everything that the mother feels Mm. so we come in all really primed with this beautiful uh, system that keeps us open really Mm. but it's all been hijacked through um yes this kind of really strong conditioning economic model and conditioning and years of conditioning generations of conditioning conditioning really and so it's knowing that you can decondition that's the big thing isn't it that we we have to teach is that just because something is programmed we can reprogram it you know it's important and it just takes time and commitment and perseverance yeah and i mean that's the beauty of love is because love is um that place of 
sacredness that that recognizes that you're you know when you're holding that space for somebody you're seeing that yeah here's here's the person and here's their challenges and their growth but recognizing that within there there's a spiritual being and that you're holding that space to allow the person themselves to get to know that part of them yeah it's beautiful it's beautiful like it's just when you think about the work you do for others it makes you feel so grateful and because obviously when you're working with people you're it's actually helping you to learn and grow as well oh yeah every day every moment (laughs) it feels like a an opportunity to to learn and to expand and deepen really have you have you always been spiritual like was obviously i know you went through your moment where you were stuck but do you think that there was a big spiritual moment for you where you had like a bit of a quantum shift uh well I was always really aware of my spiritual nature when I was a child Mm -hmm. and um yeah I had a great love for Jesus Christ um but you know growing up as a a minister's daughter was challenging (laughs) I can say um there's lots of projections it you know from others around how I should or shouldn't be and and then also the the church wasn't um it didn't it didn't work for me um I it felt uh contradicted you know what was what was being spoken about and what I saw and I and felt and so I you know pushed away from it all in my teenage years and uh but in in my heart I knew you know that I was a spiritual being and then I you know set out to try and live my life and I I I sort of took comfort in the outdoors I used to do a lot of outdoor stuff and I love nature but I ended up feeling I sort of got this attitude of oh um if I just you know climb another mountain or kayak another river or something I'll feel happy I'll I'll just and I think this is what people do and mine just happened to be around the outdoors but for other people it might be if I just achieve this or if I just make this amount of money you know then I'm going to feel happy and it and it just didn't work (laughs) I just keep getting more and more miserable and then um it really was this point where I got to where I was like "Mm, I don't really want to be here anymore but I had this sense of um okay well I'm hearing this message inside of me but I'm I wouldn't act on it because I you know it would always I knew about reincarnation when I was little I remember speaking about it with my sister that ah I know what we do we we come back and um so I thought, well, I'm not going to get to the end of my, I'm not going to finish this life and go, okay, I have to come back and repeat all of this. Mm. So if it's, if it's painful, then, you know, let them be growing pains. Mm. Let them be things that you look at and go, okay, what's, what is this really showing me? I'm stuck, but it's, it's often really just our thoughts that are stuck. Yeah. And so something we need to connect into ourselves in a different way. And it's that which really, that time of being 
stuck was the time of the, the shift for me where I started going, okay, I really need to start attending to, to my feelings. And then it was that that helped me really start identifying my spiritual nature more. I love that. Just such like, yeah. it's just like when you talk about it, it's really calming. You've got that calming energy. Mm. Like I feel really yeah, calm. what is mm. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the thing, that's the power we can have within ourselves for our own lives. But you imagine with, if, and you know, they've done studies of people meditating and then being able to change the crime levels and, and you know, when they're focusing on the city. So we have incredible power within us to create change without really actually needing to do anything. It's all about energy. Mm. And going with so it. So when we yeah, when we go we go within and we and that becomes so full within us that it just radiates out of us anyway and we go about our day. Mm. I mean that that's a, an amazing power within within our own lives, but also for the world. And it's so needed. It is, it is so yeah. It's growing. You yeah. can you can feel it growing. It is getting it's getting better day by day. Mm. Yeah. So it feels um no I know you said you were gonna ask me a question at the end, but this is something that people can do right now is you know, find that space for yourself mm. where things do feel a bit calmer and often that is nature yeah turning to nature and you know sitting in the sun mm. letting letting yourself fill up mm-hmm. fill up inside to help meet your own needs mm. and the more you do that it's all the little steps that we do on a regular basis that actually create the more permanent changes in our lives mm-hmm. And if you start doing that for yourself and taking that pause through the day just to connect into your breath, mm-hmm. to actually ask, well, how am I right now? What what do I notice when I take the breath in and I begin to feel inside of me? Mm-hmm. Really listening and, and creating some time for yourself. Yeah. You can you know that's... It doesn't take long to sit in the sun, you know, five minutes even, and just go, okay, or to, you know, put a warm blanket around you if, it, if it's a cold day, or listen to the rain, get off the technology for a while. Yeah, I'm craving that. Start, yeah, <laughs> when you start listening to yourself, though, you might find that there's things inside that you go, ugh. Mm. these feel a bit scary mm. and that's that's why you know I really feel quite strongly that a lot of us have been trained as part of therapists and you know most of us are in and around Christchurch but there are there are, I think there are a few others scattered throughout um, New Zealand and um, I think possibly that some of the training is happening overseas now just um, yeah that that there are people that can hold that energy, that space, because a lot of the more, the other types of counselling 
um, you know, they can acknowledge feelings, which is obviously really important, but then it's like, okay, well, what do you need to do to mm-hmm. shift this? And then it comes back up into the, the thinking. Mm-hmm. Whereas partial therapy is actually let's really feel the feeling, move into that energy mm-hmm. to connect in and then listen to the wisdom because it, that's what then as you open to it, then your intuition comes in. Yeah. So it's it's really connecting into the self. Mm. I love that. So I know you've kind of already answered a little bit of question two, but question one for you was, if you had a magic wand, how would you use it to save our world? It's mm, an interesting question. If I think... Um, Often what I see with people when they come to see me is they might be aware of feelings and they just want them to go away. Like, just give me something. And this is what we get. You know, we'll go to the doctor and the doctor so quickly these days seems to give a pill for you feeling something. Let's give you a pill to take it away. Whereas if we start actually claiming our own power, that's what's going to create change. And then we learn through that growth. So we are empowered through doing that. So it's not like a, a let's just take this all away. It's actually let's really look at this and start remembering who we are. Mm. That we are more than just the humanness. Mm. And that that's within all of us. And if we can start treating ourselves that way and we get curious about who we are Mm. and then we can acknowledge that the light that is so obviously apparent in other people and then other people it might be, you know, quite dulled down, but within there, there's still that light, then we're going to start being a lot kinder to each other. Mm. So that would be one thing, actually. Yeah. The magic wand would be be kind be yeah. kind to yourself first. Mm. And then that kindness will naturally mm. spill over and out towards others. You can't give away what you don't have. No. Mm. No, well, it won't be authentic. Mm. Or, well, actually, no, I've changed that because some people are really, really kind to others, but they aren't kind to themselves. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, you know, this is about when you're being kind, if you start with yourself, mm-hmm. you're actually recognizing that your own worthiness. Yeah. And that you, you, it's, this is about you. It's about your journey, but what you can do for others and that service to others is really important. Yeah. But, but you are others. Mm-hmm. You're connected to others. We're all, we're all connected. It's like, the ego part of our mind says we're separate from everybody else but we're actually not Mm. no we're not and so if I'm being kind to me then that is the greatest service I can give to others because I'm recognizing that everybody else is actually part of me Mm. and I'm going I am going to have more love to give Mm-hmm. You know, I'm taking care of my own my own um, wellness cup 
yeah. so that it, energy then can flow through me. Mm-hmm. And what I'm finding more for me now is is because I, it really feels to me that has been my biggest lesson is around kindness to myself. As I've opened to doing that more and more, the kindness that comes through me feels like it also is is more than just the kindness from me. Mm-hmm. It's like the kindness from that sense of divinity and reaching out and to touch others. Mm-hmm. So that would be my magic wand. Yeah. I know you've kind of answered question two about what are ways people can raise their consciousness, but is there anything you want to add to that? Um, yeah, so the the breath work is really important. There's such a, a um, gift in each breath, and it's something we really take for granted. So conscious breathing is different from just your every <laughs> moment breath. Because conscious conscious breathing is really bringing more of the observer, you know, of self into the breath and then getting to see, well, where does my breath go? Where does it get held and stuck in my body? And then what if I what if I brought loving breath into that part of me? Mm. What what happens then? What unfolds? So doing some conscious breath every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, starting the day with or showing gratitude at least somewhere during the day um, not a, kind of a pretend grat- gratitude like oh I should do this so <laughs> I'm going to do it but yeah. actually I really just feel grateful for the for the flowers you know or for me it's often the bird song yeah when I hear bird song, I I think, oh my goodness, that bird's singing for me. You know, it's singing for itself, but it's singing for me. Yeah. And so, there's so many ways we can receive love, mm. but we have to be receptive to it. And open it's to it and open our eyes, yeah, yeah. And that's the whole part of worthiness. Mm. So challenging some of those beliefs around, oh, actually, I'm not worthy. It's like, mm. well. No, that's not true, but and you can change that. Yeah, and that's you need to change and open it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, really bringing those um, that love that's available and bringing it into your life in all these different ways. Mm. There's so many things we could do. I know, I know. It's beautiful. The last question, which I haven't told you about, it's a surprise, is if you had the whole world at your attention right now, what would you say to them? Tune to love. Mm. Tune back to the heart. Mm. Come back to the heart. Mm. Because that will guide. That guides the next steps. Because this being in the mind it's hurting us yeah it's such a deep level personally um in our communities so turn turn to the heart Mm. and trust trust that that when you 
when you go there, and which can take courage. It takes so much courage to go, okay, this isn't working, and I need to start connecting in in a different way. We can get really scared about what we might be shown, mm-hmm. but trust that you'll, you'll be given the guidance step by step. If, you, if you're given a step feels like it's too big, then mm-hmm. that comes from the head. Yeah. Your intuition works in a way that it gives you your next, the next thing that is actually within your power to do. Mm-hmm. So by turning back to the heart, we, you're going to get more of yourself for a start. What a lovely way to finish. Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Mm. How can people find you, Anara? Uh, so I've got a uh, website, which is um, compassionatecounseling.co.nz, mm-hmm. and the counselling's got two owls in it. Uh, so that's the main way to find me at the moment. I am on Facebook page, but I haven't kind of worked out how to okay. sort the, the link out yet. So I'll, perhaps I'll say that <laughs> next time. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm trying to keep, keep up to pay the pace with technology, but I'm not yeah. particularly. Sometimes <laughs> you don't you. want to be on it too much. I know it's hard sometimes. Well, I'll definitely yeah. put all of your links in the show notes so people can find you for sure and reach out to you. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. I look forward to talking with you again, Pepper. Me too. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys. If you did, please leave a five-star review and share it with your family and your friends. If you have any questions for Anara and I, please reach out to us, email us, send us a message. But we really hope you enjoyed it. And wherever you are in the world, we're always sending love and light to you. So take care, guys. Bye. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.